What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for being a listener of the Elective Rotation, a critical care and hospital pharmacy podcast. This is episode 672. In this episode, I'll discuss ketamine versus atomidate for rapid sequence intubation. I have all the evidence supporting today's show linked up in the show notes at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 672. Countless journal articles, podcast episodes, blog posts, and social media posts have been filled up comparing and contrasting the pros and cons of ketamine versus atomidate for sedation prior to rapid sequence intubation. While there are differences between these two medications, it's hard to argue that there is a compelling, clinically important difference to choose one over the other. A recent article published in the journal Intensive Care Medicine compared these two medications for RSI. The study was a prospective randomized open-label parallel assignment single-center clinical trial of 801 patients. RSI was performed by an anesthesiology-based airway team under emergent circumstances at one high-volume medical center in the U.S. Patients were randomized to receive atomidate 0.2 to 0.3 milligrams per kilo or ketamine 1 to 2 milligrams per kilo for sedation prior to intubation. The primary endpoint of the trial was survival at day 7. There were many secondary endpoints, including survival at day 28, SOFA score, duration of mechanical ventilation, duration of catecholamine vasopressor use, length of stay in the ICU, and the development of new adrenal insufficiency. At day 7, the survival rate in the Atomidate group was 77% versus 85% for ketamine. This difference was statistically significant with a p-value of 0.005. Unfortunately, by day 28, the survival benefit of ketamine disappeared and mortality rates were 64.1 and 66.8%, a non-significant difference. Contrary to what would be predicted, patients who received ketamine had a higher rate of rescue vasopressor use and post-induction cardiovascular collapse than those receiving atomidate. This may be from ketamine's known side effect of causing a paradoxical decrease in blood pressure when given to patients with depleted catecholamine reserves. New development of adrenal insufficiency was numerically higher in the atomidate group at 2.8 versus 1%. However, this was not statistically significant. A higher rate of survival is certainly clinically meaningful, and if it persisted at 28 days, is a compelling reason to choose ketamine over atomidate. However, the author stopped short of recommending ketamine over atomidate based on this study alone because the survival benefit was not apparent at 28 days. They point out that the seven-day survival benefit could be based on practices at their center rather than due to ketamine. The possibility does remain that a small difference at 28 days in favor of ketamine exists, but the study was underpowered to detect it. A future multi-center study might be able to clarify this. However, this study did take about six years from start to publication, so there is not likely going to be a definitive answer anytime soon, and the debate over whether to use atomidate over ketamine will continue. To access my free download area with 20 different resources to help you in your practice, go to PharmacyJoe.com slash free. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of the Elective Rotation.